Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. God blesses you if you give with the right attitude. And I'm telling you, if I could stand up here this morning and say to you, here's how to make a million dollars. Some of you, man, you'd, I can tell you, I can guarantee you'd write it down and go off it. I have a better principle than that. If you give to God with the right attitude from your heart, your life will be blessed beyond means. Now, I don't mean that you're going to have a million bucks in your pocket and that's why you give. I'm not talking about that. Sometimes it comes tight, but we've always been blessed by God. Imagine sitting down for a meal with someone that you love and care for. You put all of the food in front of yourself, and when the person asks for some, you say, let me just eat what I can, then you can have what's left over. (laughs) What a horrible way to treat someone you love. That's what we do to God when we give Him our leftovers. He desires the first fruits of our labor, and He deserves it. After all, everything we have is all because of Him. Not only will He be honored by your giving, He will surely bless a giving heart. But don't give with a resentful spirit. That's like reluctantly giving your loved ones some crumbs and then glaring at them as they eat. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38, with our continuing study entitled, Jesus Teaches About Dollars and Cents. Verse 17 continued, not only do we give to Caesar, but then Jesus says, and to God, what is God's? And they were amazed at him. He backed him into a corner, but he came out smiling. They were left. He solved the political situation. He solved the religious situation. He says, whatever's due to Caesar, you do to him. Whatever's due to God, you do to God. But that brings us a great question. Remember the word give is the same word there, and it means give back to God what is God's. What does that mean? What do I owe God? Why should I be in debt to God? So we come to point number three, and it's this. Point number two is to be a godly citizen, give back to God. Well, what do I give back to God? Point number three is this. God owns everything in the world. God owns everything in the world. Here's the two verses. Just write them. We won't go them this morning. I'll read them to you. Psalm 24, 1. Psalm 24, 1 and Haggai 2, 8. Psalm 24, 1 and Haggai 2, 8. Here's what Psalm says. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. You think that covers pretty much everything? That pretty much everything. For those of you who say, you ain't talking about money yet. Well, we give you Haggai 2.8. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord. So it's all His. He had it all. Everything I have belongs to God. My time, my finances, my money, my talents, my possession... My children, my wife, my husband, this church, everything belongs to God. Your business, 
Everything belongs to God. Point number four. God made us managers of his resources. God made each of us managers of his resources. As you know, a good manager should recognize God's ownership and submit to it. When you think about manager, sometimes the word steward would come into the Bible. I like the word manager better. Because most of us are used to that. Many of us have been managing people. We've managed people in our past. That was my life before I became a pastor, you know, in the hospital pharmacy field. I managed people for years as director. As a manager, there's three words of our finances this morning you need to write down under this point, number four. Three little words. Here's the first word. Privilege. The second one is enjoyment. And the third one is accountability. Privilege enjoyment and accountability. Number one, I get the privilege to manage God's resources. Should that make us happy? Oh, I can tell you're happy. Have you ever had a better boss than God? I don't care what boss you have now. Not better than God. There's no way. God is the great boss. And I have the privilege, as we shared last week, of having a vineyard. And in that vineyard, I'm raising things and raising crops and raising fruit and producing a life that is to match Jesus Christ. I'm to be that person that is successful managing his resources. I get the privilege to manage his resources. The second one is this. God wants me to enjoy the things that he's given me. As I look out at you this morning, I don't see a lot of enjoyment. God says in his word, number one, John 10, 10, we should have life and have it abundantly. Number two, the second thing that he says is in 1 Timothy, God has given us all things richly to enjoy. You see, serving Jesus Christ should be joyful. Is serving God good or not? Absolutely it is. And the second thing, not only do I have the privilege, but I should have the enjoyment. Thirdly, I will be held accountable for my resources, actually God's resources. See, there's a day coming when you will stand before God, not as a parent, not for your children, not for this church. I'm not going to stand here for this church. I'm going to stand for me and the privileges and the responsibilities God gave for me. Now, some of that will include this church. And if you're a parent, you will stand before God. Some of the responsibilities God gave you, how did you do raising your kids? And kids, how are you at school? And all of these things will come into an account. So I have the privilege, I have the enjoyment, and I am going to be held accountable. Jesus says, give back to God. Well, what is really God's? Keep your finger there in Mark and flip back to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. I want you to see this area. This is the kingdom law of giving. Luke six thirty-eight. Now when you go there quickly, you'll see that under this law, it says something that we struggle with because we don't understand it in the world. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Here's what Jesus says. Give, and you will get less. Is that right? But you have to stop for a moment. That's exactly what we're taught in the world. 
Give a big tip? Well, why would I want to give a big tip? Because I'm giving that away. I'm going to have less than my... I can order a bigger meal if I give a smaller tip. See, when I give, I always get less. That's what the world tells you. But see, Jesus has a whole different principle. Now, don't, don't get excited about this because you're not going to go down a hype road. But it says here, give and it will what? It says give and you'll get more. Now, some of you have heard hyping about that and we'll talk about that in a moment. Then Jesus says, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, we poured in your lap. In other words, God's got a great measure of giving. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So God's operation of giving is totally different than the world. If I learn to give, it automatically means it means more is coming to me. Now, in managing our resources, there's three areas. Our financial resources that God teaches about in the Word of God. Let me give you those three quickly. The first is tithes. T-I-T-H-E-S. It's a financial term, a mathematical term. It means 10% of your income. Second is offerings. These are free will, free will offerings, basically as God directs you. The third is alms, alms to help the poor, to minister to those who are needy. Salvation Army or a benevolence kind of fund. Now, anytime we talk about those three words, especially the word tithe, people get nervous. They get nervous. They're sweating in your seat already. You can see the hankies coming out. They're concerned. But they've been concerned because somewhere they've been hyped about it. Somewhere someone has made them feel guilty about it. Somewhere someone has wrongly said, give $10,000 and you'll get 100000 back. That's what you want, isn't it? So here's the motive for giving. So you get that is never the motive for giving. So don't be hyped. If you've come to this church more than one week, you know you'll never be hyped here. Ever. About money. Relax. Let's go through point number five. Biblical giving starts with the tithe. Biblical giving starts with the tithe. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Malachi. Old Testament. Just before the New Testament. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Now there's some important things because this verse is actually a, a mere image of the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38. In the Old Testament, the minimum standard of giving in a financial area was the tithe, 10%. I believe, personally, even though there's tremendous argument and debate, and I'll address that in a moment, that if we're New Testament Christians, we certainly shouldn't give less than that. Tithing was practiced way before the law. Let's look at Malachi 3, verse 10. Here's what Jesus says. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. In other words, bring your tithe to your church. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much of a blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Now this is an interesting place, because this is the only place in the Bible, here's what God says. I challenge you. Call my bluff. Go ahead and try me. Dare you to try me. Test me. If you give, your life will be blessed. Now, as a pastor, and I think I'm yours, at least if you're here, 
Let me share with you. I've been tithing five years old. I learned it. I won't tell you how my wife, how old my wife is, but she's been tithing a little less than I. That's good enough, isn't it? <laughs> Where did we learn it? I learned it as a young child. And I learned if you give to God, after all these years, it works. God blesses you if you give with the right attitude. And I'm telling you, if I could stand up here this morning and say to you, here's how to make a million dollars. Some of you, man, you'd, I can tell you, I can guarantee you'd write it down and go off it. I have a better principle than that. If you give to God with the right attitude from your heart, your life will be blessed beyond means. Now, I don't mean that you're going to have a million bucks in your pocket and that's why you give. I'm not talking about that. Sometimes it comes tight. But we've always been blessed by God. If you don't believe me, then believe God. Because he just said it to you right there. Let me give you four principles of giving back to God. The starting place is the tithe. Some of you say, well, I'm going to argue about the tithe. Good, keep arguing, because at the end of the service today, you'll see that Jesus expands that in the New Testament. You see where you fit. First, principles for giving to God. Always give to God first off the top. Always give to God first off the top. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, your vats will brim over with new wine. If you wait to consistently give to God of your tithe and your offerings and your alms, if you wait till all the bills are paid, hello, you will find difficulty. That's where it takes a step of faith. God in the New Testament and the Old Testament always wanted the best first. If you can understand this, by the way, everything you have is whose? So what God says is, I gave you 100%. Let's start giving back to me at 10. Is that a pretty good deal? See, it's a little different now, isn't it? Early on, it's, it's all his. Give him 10 back. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to the enthusiasm between it's all his? Yes. 10%. No. Oh. <laughs> why? Here's why. Here's why. Because you believe if you give, you end up with less. No, no. Wrong principle. Now, it isn't only money either. Second principle is this. Giving should be regular and systematic. 1 Corinthians 16.2, we won't go there. In other words, get into a habit of giving. You see, it's natural with Linda and I. It's natural. It, we try to teach our kids, it's just, it, you don't even think about it. It is a wonderful thing to do and it's just part of your lifestyle. Number three. Giving should be done freely and joyfully. Freely and joyfully. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each man or woman should decide what he has, should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. If you have ever felt manipulated to give, don't give. If you ever feel forced to give, don't give. Let me tell you why. God is more concerned with your attitude than the money. God does not need your money. This church does not need your money. If you feel forced to giving, keep it. We don't want it. You say, that's a strange thing to say in a church. Aren't you afraid the income will go down? No. 
because we have good loving people that understand the principles. You guys do great. But some of you have been hyped so much that you get nervous when you talk about that. There's no reason to get nervous. God owns everything. Where He guides, He always provides. It's a wonderful blessing. So relax. If you see somebody on television making you feel guilty to give, turn it off. It's ridiculous. If you feel hyped and you're going to match this $100,000 challenge, you just have another $15 and you're getting get four books and you get... It's all garbage. It's manipulation. Don't follow there. You should decide in your heart what to give and then do it how. It's good to give. God blesses us to give. Number four, giving should be proportional. 1 Corinthians 16.2 A man should give a set aside in keeping with his income. So if you give proportional, if you make 100 bucks a week and you want to tithe and you want to start at 10%, that's how much? 100, 100 bucks a week. Is, how can I carry the three divided by two? Oh, this is a good group. Hallelujah. Who said 50 bucks? We'll take it. Whatever. No. It's how much? 10 bucks. If you make 500, it's 50. It's not. It's proportional. That's the way it should be. So tithe just means that. Now some of you are here and saying this. I've never tithed. What should I do? This is just a suggestion for me. Look at Malachi 3.8 quickly. Yet you robbed me. But you ask, well, how did we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You see, if you neglect to give to God the tithe, here's what it says. You're robbing God. And you know who else you're robbing? Yourself. People don't get it. Now, if you're going to give to God just so the money comes back to you, wrong motive. Keep it. We don't want it. God doesn't want it. He's not interested in that. And we've seen so much hype, it's hard to work with this. Take a step of faith if you never tithe. Notice God says, prove me. By the way, he's always right. Just give it with the right attitude and see what God does. Now, I'm going to talk about money in the church a moment later because some of you are still nervous because of where you've come from, maybe. Have faith. Trust God. If you're in debt, there's two ways to look at this. And you have to determine how much faith you have. If you're in debt this morning, you should be paying off your debt. You say, well, I don't think I can afford 10%. Start at 3. Start at 4. Give regularly. As you're paying off your debt, then just increase it. Watch what God does. Linda and I are way beyond the 10%. It's none of your business how far we are. That's between God and us. But we just do that. You know, J.C. Penney, when he died, was giving over 90% of his income. You say, what a ridiculous man. Oh, he had a hard time making his payments, didn't he? Some of you are still thinking about that for a moment. Some of you may have enough faith. You say you're in debt. Well, I guess I've started 10%. You mean God will bless me? Yes. Remember the title of the sermon this morning is Money and Sense. Here's some sense. Don't start giving to God. And then spend more than you make and expect your budget to be good and your debt ratio to go down. Never happen. Common sense. You have to spend less than you make. Don't go, well, I'm going to give you 10%, God. I'm $8,000 in debt. I know next week you're going to get me out of debt. Forget it. He gave you this, didn't he? And he gave you principles. Get the tapes. You'll hear them. I don't have time to go there this morning. Number six, God is interested in much more than your financial giving. God is interested in much more than your financial giving. Some of you now can put your hankies away. You're going to feel better. Look back in the book of Mark, chapter 12, and skip to verse 41. We will cover those other verses the next time I speak. 
But this little passage at the end speaks very much about the subject that we're on this morning. Now, Jesus has left this environment where the people have tried to corner him, and he's won wonderfully. He's beat them. And he goes over to the temple. Let's look at verse 41. And Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. And many rich people threw in large amounts. Jesus was in the court of the women, where everybody could be, in the temple. And there were 13 trumpet-shaped collection boxes there. They were there for all kinds of things. Let's just picture here 13 containers around the altar here. They were these wonderful horn-shaped. And they would have on the outside of them, this was not their tithes, this was just free will offerings. When God says there's a need or whatever, there's free will offerings. And they would come in, and they would put their coins in these. Now, when you did that, you could hear the coins. They didn't have the paper money, they had you could hear the coins. So when you put it in, you know, and notice what it says there, Jesus picked a good place where the offerings were given, and he watched the crowd. And Jesus sat down in the chair right here, and he's watching the people give. That's strange, isn't it? He's watching them give. And it says in our scripture there that the first group of people came in, it says, many rich people threw in large amounts. Now what would that mean? How would you know somebody's rich? Well, in those days it would be by their clothes. So what happened is this, Jesus up here watching, here comes a rich person in. And he's picking one of these 13, and he starts putting his money in it. Clink, 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 clink. And it's resonating throughout the whatever. The guy's smiling all the time he's doing it. You know, it'd be like Las Vegas, where you pull one thing, and the money just goes <laughs> pouring out. Well, this guy's just clinking them in. That isn't bad enough. Josephus, a great historian of Jews, says this that the Pharisees, who were the ones with the long robes, you remember, liked it. The Pharisees would come in. they come into the temple. But before they came in, they hired a trumpeter. This is true. And they come right after it. Everybody go, man, what in the world's happening here? What is the band come today? Is it the college day? What is this? And then the Pharisee go, clink, 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 clink. So Jesus was watching it. Now there's something you need to see that's very important. There was nothing wrong with the rich putting in lots of money. What should a rich person do? Put in lots of money. Because you're giving what? Proportionately. You're giving more. So if you make a thousand bucks a week, you should be putting in more than a person who makes a hundred bucks a week. Obviously, it makes sense. Common sense. So Jesus is knocking that. But notice what you're happening there. Jesus is watching how much they give. Secondly, he's watching the motive for giving. He can see their heart. And thirdly, he knows their attitude of giving. He's seen that prideful thing already. Now I want to tell you this morning, that's very interesting. Because it says to me that God is very interested in your giving. Today we covered a lot of ground related to the area of tithing. Pastor Mark gave us some practical principles for tithing. Always give back to God first. Give regularly, freely, and joyfully, and proportionally to what we're given. As we heard, reluctance or resentful giving is not honored by the Lord. 
He is interested in all of us, and he'll know that if you're clinging to money, that this is where your heart is. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark reads the story from the Gospel of Mark about the widow who goes to the temple and gives all she has. Jesus doesn't measure her gift according to its monetary value, but according to her depth of faith. This will be a lesson for his disciples, and it's a perfect illustration for us as well. The disciples will later demonstrate how much more belief should be valued over money and wealth. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.